Where's my shirt behind you, by the way? You've never given me one, Corky. I used to stand outside the change room asking you. Hughes? Is that the one who's now at Watford? Yeah, Will Hughes, yeah. And then Ben born above him. I've got Reese's up here from finals day. Right, OK. No worries. I'm too busy working <coughs> to get any memorabilia. I too yeah, busy that, working. Yeah. I know, he, say, he says it like he works down the mine, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, sweating, well, I'm sweating at the moment. You think I was working down the mine. Talk Derby to me, uh, I've, I've been looking forward to this one and it's tinged with a little bit of sadness today because I've just been sat in the garden in the glorious weather and I probably should be sat in the race course end with a cold pint in my hand but we uh, we make the best of it. The uh, This afternoon we're joined by Dave Fletcher as always. Dave Fletcher joins us when we have a, a cricketing guest on. How are you Fletch? Good bloke, thanks, yeah. Good and uh, a real a big name today and uh, I'm really excited about this growing up watching Derbyshire in the in the late 90s. Dominic Cork, England legend, Derbyshire legend. How are you Corky? Afternoon, the legends, Dave Fletcher, everybody, everybody <laughs> I talk to, honestly, everywhere I go in Derby now, they all say, how tall is Dave Fletcher? And I say, oh my goodness, but no, it's good to be on with you both and it's a, it is a pity, like you say, beautiful weather that we haven't got any cricket. Silly question, I, I guess, but are you, are you missing it? This time of year you'd normally be, you'd be full swing. Yeah, the, I've obviously missed a lot since since the lockdown back in, uh, what was it, March the, I forget, March the 26th or 23rd when we got locked down. Yeah, there was a lot of things on in my work calendar, going to the IPL, doing a little bit in Pakistan, coming back, obviously coach of the 2020 side, there have been some commentary with Sky and other things going on, so... Yeah, it's like everybody. It's it's not been the best, but it, you know it just pales into significance. A lot of part of my, um, you know, summer involves around a little bit of commentary, a little bit of uh, coaching at Derbyshire, which Dave has watched um, progress quite nicely up to our uh, 2020 finals day uh, last year. But you know, it, it all pales into significance with what people have had to go through, how many deaths has been, and and how many people have been ill. Obviously, this is a Tour Derby to Me podcast. We have uh, we have people on that have, have done the City Pride over the years, and I want to talk a little bit about um, how you first came about one playing cricket and two coming to play at Derbyshire in the in the early nineties. How did how did that come about? Uh, well, I'd always liked cricket from um, a long period of time. My, my, my dad and my two older brothers uh, played cricket, so really it was just a a family tradition at weekends in Staffordshire. That's where I'm, I'm obviously from Stoke or Newcastle under Lyme. My mum has a go at me when I was saying I'm from Stoke. She says, no, you're from Newcastle under Lyme. Um, and we played in the North Staff South Cheshire League. So all the weekends were always there. I went to um, St. Joseph's College that played cricket as well. And watching Ian Botham in 1981, I was 10 years old. Um, I don't want you to say, it was that all you are, 10 years old. I was only 10, I promise you. I was born in 71. Fletcher will tell you that. Um, I just wanted to be in Botham. And it really went from strength to strength and eventually wrote off for a trial at Warwickshire, got picked out of 72. They couldn't offer me anything. And then Alan Hill, an old coach uh, who was part of, obviously, the first team and then took on a coaching role, came to see me at a cricket club in Caverswall, said, we'd like to have you. Then jumped on the YTS, so the, the £27.50 a week for two years, washing towels, cleaning. A little bit like Twiggy on Radio Derby, where he started washing towels for, at Kieran Mullins. That's exactly how I started, and and that's why I joined um, uh, joined Derbyshire. I was close to joining Warwickshire, but they didn't offer me anything. But Derbyshire was my option, and 
just down the A50 as well, so it's perfect. Was it like an apprenticeship, in effect, where you'd be around all the all the old season pros and picking up bits and pieces and bowling at them and facing them in the nets and that kind of thing? Fletch, I think when you turn up, I think you know that you're in a team that has got a lot of very senior players. The first day I turned up, I had to throw at John Wright for about two hours. I'd never thrown at somebody as in, you know, given some practice because he just liked, liked to bat. So you've got the rights of Michael Holding, John Hol- uh, uh, John Wright, Devon Malkin, Kim Barnett, um, uh, John Morris, Peter Bowler. You know, you've got some fantastic pros, Ule Mortensen, Alan Warner, Martin Jean-Jacques. You know, you have to go on with the list. And I think when you turn up there as a 16-year-old and not really knowing what to do and, you know, out of your comfort zone, I just watched. I watched how they went about practice. I watched what they did. And I just wanted so desperately to be in the first team. You know, I ended up playing the odd game here because they looked after me so well and made sure I wasn't overbold. Him, Phil Russell and Kim Barnett and Alan Hill, who really looked after me. So, yeah, it, it was like... Um, it was like an apprenticeship. £27.50 a week was hard because it took, it cost me £20 a week to get on the train there and back. And and let me tell you, running over Bassey's wreck, as it used to be called, it probably still is called that, <laughs> yes, in the yeah. whites with my cricket bag as a Stoke support. So I can tell you there was some challenging times, shall I say. <laughs> how how much of a, a step up from, from playing minor counties did you find it when you first started at Derbyshire? Because I think you, your first class debut was against New Zealand, I think. It was, yeah. correct. But how, how, uh, how much of a step up did you find it? I would have, yeah, of course it was a step up. From going from, from league cricket to minor county cricket was a step up. And then I played for Staffordshire. Then I went from Staffordshire to play the second team. Even that was a big step up. Because, you know, you, you're playing second team cricket. And you play Lancashire at Chesterfield. And, oh, well, Wasim's just got a bit of an injury. He's going to have a game. And you're facing Wasim Akram. The next week, you're facing Patrick Patterson. And, you know, that's the sort of challenges you had at that time. So the step up was uh, amazing, um, a large step up, but it was something I was quite comfortable with. You know, it made me nervous at times. Of course it did. And you always question whether you were going to be good enough. But ultimately, I just got it in my heart that I was so desperate to to play cricket for a living, but more desperate, I wanted to play for England. Because of both them back in 81, I wanted to be, um, you know, part of an England side that could, could actually do that; those sort of um, achievements on, on the cricket field. The sort of theme runs through your career, but certainly the early part of it, when, when you were sort of bursting onto the scene at, at various levels, uh, you got a, a, a wicket maiden with your first over against New Zealand. That must have settled you down a little bit. Yeah, it was Trevor Franklin. I remember, I remember the delivery. I think I only had two slips. I think Kim just said, let's just, just settle in here. Um, and just take it easy. And I remember Trevor Franklin, third ball, just a little nick to Peter Bowler. And yeah, it was, it was, it was a nice start. It was, it was something that, you, you know, you, you believe in yourself, you can do things. And I think any sportsman out there who's gone professional would, would always say that they believe they can do it. But I think when things happen, it just instills that little bit more confidence in you. And it, it actually justifies all the work that you've, you've put in. So yeah, it was a great start. And uh, I think I ended up playing a first-class game at the end of that season against Leicester, I think. And on a cold day at the race course, it was um, a nice introduction to, to first-class cricket. <laughs> and just a, a few years later, going from making your first-class debut to a man-of-the-match performance in the, in the Benson and Hedges Cup, I think it was called then, and, and like the one day, in, and a man-of-the-match in 90... Uh, uh, this is where my research starts with our 92 runs. 
Um, yeah, I, I, I'm trying to remember. It was it was definitely not out. I think it might have been '94. Not out. Okay. So I'm, I'm trying to remember it myself. It was obviously a great day because we're up against Lancashire, the king of the one day uh, one day teams who'd won that many uh, trophies. Akram and Fairbrother and Defratus and uh, Austin and Martin, all these people, and they're coming up against Derbyshire. All we heard for about the first six hours of the day was their song, Lanky, Lanky, Lancashire, which obviously for five years when I joined them after Derbyshire, I enjoyed. But that specific day wasn't, but it was a great day. Um, one that will, will remain with me for a long period of time. It's, it's, it's up there with one of the the best days of my cricketing career because we were such underdogs. No one, you know, gave us a chance. And when I walked in at 66 for four, and I remember some of the old uh, members in the long room saying, oh, it's Cork, he won't be long. You know, it just gave me that inspiration to to go out there and, and do well. And, you know, the rest is history. A lot of things went well that day. Frankie Griffiths' last over was amazing. Uh, and let me tell you, the celebration was even better. We stick with county cricket. I want to ask you about something that was um, that was talked about a little bit on uh, on social media recently. Because uh, back in June 1995, you took the first nine Northamptonshire wickets to fall in an innings, uh, and it might have been ten. It might have been ten. Do you, do you, you wouldn't have been there then, would you, Fletch? No, but no. I can tell you, you dropped it, and he actually he wrote me out a, a blank check, and did, well, he didn't. He wrote the check out because. Whoever got the best um, analysis as a bowler that year got a, a bonus of, I think it was eight or nine thousand uh, pounds, which obviously in '95 was quite a bit of money. Um, and uh, Colin Wells wrote me a, a check out and wrote it to Dominic Cork, nine and a half thousand or nine thousand pounds, but forgot to sign it. Um, but yeah, he dropped some, um, I think it was David Ripley he dropped, which would have been 10 wickets in innings. And I think Paul Aldred ended up getting the final wicket, but you know, a great day. The ball was swinging around on a, a green wicket. I'm sure Mel Loy will tell you that every time he came to Derbyshire, it was green because he, he just moans about when he came there. Um, and we just uh, obviously had a good day. You'd have been disappointed by that. Sorry, Blake. You'd have been disappointed by that. But I think it was a couple of weeks later, three weeks later, something like that, that you, you made your test debut, wasn't it? Yes. Um, from then on, I, the season was going really well, 95. And... I'd obviously waited a while and wondering why I wasn't being picked in Test cricket. Having made my one-day international debut in 92, it took really three years, a few A tours um, uh, with England A, and then eventually after you know the, the wickets in that first bit of the season, the nine wickets against Northampton, um, and you get picked for, for Lords, which for some reason people ask me, why, why is your record so good at Lords? I don't know why it is. I can't explain to you apart from the fact I love the ground. It's one of the best grounds in the world. I think when you walk in there as a Derbyshire cricketer, Lancashire, Hampshire, England, whoever you play for, you just feel like you are creating history there. So for me to make my debut against the West Indies was, was fantastic. And it obviously proved to be a decent game as well. Not bad, seven for 43. Best one was I got four off my first ball. That's about when I batted. People forget that. <laughs> and there's not many guts who've done. I think David Gow was one, but yeah, it was it was Carl Hooper, and I thought, well, I better get some runs here because Bishop Walsh and Ambrose won't be pitching it up. I remember first ball, I just smashed it through the offside before, and thought, yeah, this is quite easy. It wasn't. <laughs> and we mentioned, we've got to mention it. We mentioned Twiggy earlier on. You've been on a, a Twiggy show a few times when I've been been working on it, and. 
obviously some brilliant moments of you playing for England and memories, but the, one of the, the best has probably got to be your, your hat trick against the West Indies that he to this day still calls a fluke. Three slips and the gully. Well, it's another good shout. He's done it. Dominic Cork has a hat trick. Carl Hooper has got an OEW first ball. Yeah, well, he called a fluke when he and, and Fletcher will tell you about this when he when he came to the Nets. Uh, I think it was last year. I, I actually smashed the stumps over three times then, and I think I don't think he got. I think he he stopped one, so that must have been another fluke as well. And it was it was a weird morning that morning. It was a Sunday morning. I remember um, we all sat there. We knew Laura was there. Richie Richardson was there. And everybody was feeling, you know, we needed to get wickets here because the game was slipping away from us. Uh, and I just remember saying to Michael Atherton in the morning, look, I want to bowl. I want to bowl that first over. And not because I just thought I was going to get a hat-trick. Of course I didn't. I just thought I want to be involved. I want to get the best batsman out. And I remember the first three balls were, were a little bit of a loosener. The crowd were building up. And uh, fourth ball was a no ball. So I thought, oh, you, you've really started well here, Dominic. Well done. Um and then obviously Richie Richardson was a was a luckier dismissal. I'll give Twiggy that. He left the ball, went up onto his bat and inside edge. But the next two was Junior Murray and Carl Hooper, which were little reverse swingers back into the pads. So it was one of those ridiculous moments where people say, How does it feel? It's difficult to explain how does it feel to take a hat trick. You just in some ways it's like slow motion. Because as soon as I delivered that hat trick ball to Carl Hooper and I'd got him out. Uh, very, very similar uh, for Kent in a hat-trick ball uh, for Derbyshire. So I knew I had to get it full and straight. So I'd done Carl Hooper before. And so I just knew as soon as it came out, I saw halfway down, I just thought, this is out. This is it. Just looked round. Cyril Mitchley, my old mate from South Africa, turned around, gave it out. Yeah, it was, um, it was uh, quite a surreal moment. It just seemed to everything go still. It went from no one in the world, three quarters crowd to full crowd, um, and it was a great day. Very early in your test career, but I've been doing my research. I've got my wisdom here wisdom, from uh, nine, you, nine, 1996. <laughs> but one of the five cricketers of the year is Dominic Cook. There's a magnificent uh, quote appeal from it. No, oh, the the photograph is terrific. Yeah, absolutely. The photograph of the, of the appeal is terrific that, to accompany it. But it says here what the quote, arrival. It, what, let's see the quote. The arrival, the, the arrival of Dominic Cork last summer was, without question, the most explosive entrance in living memory. I mean, that's quite an accolade from something that's been going since, well, since before both you and I were born, Dominic. Yeah. Well, I, su I suppose, it, you know, it's a dream start, isn't it? It's an absolute dream start because you set your stall out um, as a very young child you know 10 year old who watched both of them on holiday with his mum and dad and brothers on a little portable tv seeing what he was doing at Headingley and saying <clears throat> i want to be here both of them um and i was never and i still you know i was never going to be any in both of them but he was the standard that i want to be so to then get into an england side i played with you know ian botham's 
last game for England was my first game. So my first one day international was Ian Botham's last game against Pakistan. And so that was a dream come true. But then obviously getting into that test side because I so desperately wanted to play test cricket because it is what it is. It is what it says on the tin. It's the test mentally, physically, uh, skill-wise. So, yeah, great against the West Indies. Went to South Africa, did well with the ball, even though we lost the series. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a good start. It was just disappointing. I just couldn't keep it on as long as Jimmy has, or then it would have been a little bit better. Do you do you think looking back on your on your England career, you mentioned keeping it up like Jimmy and, and other bowlers have? If you've if you've a bit more like, do you think you could have kicked on and maybe gone to an extra level of breaking records like Jimmy Anderson has at international level? Um, probably not. No, but you know, as a as a professional, you always want to want to be the best you always want to get to those records whether I'd have done that that's that's difficult to know but a lot to do with the difference between probably myself and Jimmy Anderson is Jimmy Anderson has kept himself fit he's a superb bowler skillful bowler better bowler than me a long so much better bowler than me but you just don't know if if a bit more luck and stayed a bit fit and you know um, things might have gone a little bit better might have played a bit but you know I've that's done and dusted, you know. Just got to be happy with what happened. I played test matches 37 times for England, I think 32 one-day internationals. So you just got to be blessed that you've you've played nearly 70 times for your country. You've mentioned Ian Botham a number of times and the fact that he was your hero. It seems to me, and it, it's happened since Ian Botham retired, even, even when Flintoff was, was doing what he was doing for England, we've always been looking for the next Ian Botham. And you got saddled with that. <laughs> If you like, if the question I suppose is: did, did you feel it, it was it was something that was a burden that people were expecting you to be the next Ian Bolton? I, I think a lot of people found it a burden. Uh, think about the all-rounders that were trying to come through when he was still around: the, the likes of Derek Pringle, the likes of Philip De Freitas, Chris Lewis, uh, Craig White, then myself, um, Flintoff, obviously Stokes is obviously up there now, you know, and probably we'll, we'll maybe even surpass uh, Surrey and Botham. So a lot of people, I think, found it tough because, you know, the headlines are the next Botham or he's not as good as Botham. So um, you, you, you try and switch off from what the press say, but ultimately when there's papers around and you see the headlines, you know, you, you're bound to look at it and you're bound to think, well, what can I do? Or, I'm not as good, and you question you you as an individual. But I I always knew I was never going to be as good as, as Ian Botham. Ian Botham was um, a sensational cricketer with bat and ball. What people don't remember about Ian Botham is that he was quick. He bowled very lively when he first started, swung the ball both ways. What people remember is towards the end of uh, uh, Beefy's career when he was just trundling in and still taking wickets. He was a superb batsman one of the best second slips you'll, you'll have. And I think that's why when people see what Stokes did last year at Headingley, that, that is something that obviously we all thrive and we all love to watch. And that's why Ian Botham was always there in, in, in my thoughts is because whenever I went on a pitch, I wanted to create that aura where people watched um, and, and wanted wanted my wicket or wanted to not get out to me because that's that's what I wanted to prove that on that day, I wanted to be the best on the field. It didn't always happen. Of course it didn't. But I always had this confidence that when I went out there, I wanted to be the best 
that I could be on the, on that pitch. And and around that time as well, that when you were playing for England, another another final Lords final for for Derbyshire against Lancashire, nineteen ninety eight. You were captain that day. What are yeah, you? Yeah, well, yeah, we forget that, that one. That, that didn't happen. <laughs> did it? What did you mention that for? That didn't happen. Um, well, all I remember at that day is it took. Um, I think we 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 had to fly Michael Slater back in. Um, he he'd been recalled to do Australia training. And I think he he landed on the morning, about four o'clock in the morning. And I remember going down as captain, proud moments um, to actually go down there. And I just remember thinking, wow, how are we going to get through this? And eventually we did. Um, things were going well. Um, and then things didn't go so well. We got bowled out very cheaply and we lost the game. And I think there was a bit of rain that day. So, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't the most perfect of occasions this time, but you know, a Lord's final is a Lord's final. It's the same as, you know, Fletch, you were there at uh, finals day last year when unfortunately we lost there to semi-final to Essex. It's about getting there. It's about players enjoying that sort of atmosphere and what um, experience they get from it. So although it's disappointing to reach a final was something that uh, all the players should be very proud of because ultimately People have always looked at Derbyshire and thought, well, they just make up the numbers. And I think there uh, should be a lot of pride and, and passion. Um, and people should be really you know, happy that we actually got there. What's the major difference between, I, I imagine it's control, being the captain of the team and playing in a one-day final and being the coach of a team at a finals day? Because they're, they're both obviously immensely proud uh, occasions for you. It's easier to be captain because at least you can do something. Um, and I think that's frustration of of coaching at times where you can see things happening, um, but there's not a lot you can do about it. You, you've got to trust your players that they can accept that challenge and th that pressure that there is in, in all, all professional sports. They have to take on that challenge and understand what this moment actually means. As a captain and as a coach, um, it's quite similar because the responsibility is there. Slightly different, like I say, because as a captain, you're still a bowler and a batsman and you're a fielder, so you can be involved. But um, two very proud moments, of course, to captain any side to a Lord's final and to coach any side to, um, to a finals day. It's just a pity we couldn't get through against Essex because I just think that final, we'd uh, had a little bit of success against Worcester before. And I felt that uh, if we could just get through that uh, semi-final, I, I think we uh, could have stand, stood a good chance of actually lifting the trophy. I I agree. I, I was just about to say that I was at finals day as well and I commentated on a few of the games last year with Fletch and, and watched a lot of that. And you did. I, I did have the feeling afterwards that if we'd have just got past that semi-final, I, I did fancy us in the final. But my been a Derbyshire member... 20 odd years and, and growing up watching the club my my best day uh, Dominic watching Derbyshire was finals day so I thank you for, for your part in getting us there but what was it about the, the team that um, you assembled last season that, that brought the success in the T20 and, and the first finals day what, what was it about the team you think brought that well, I think it, it, I, I can't take you know all the plaudits for it. I think this has been a culmination of uh, since the likes of Kim Barnett and John Wright came back and we set the emphasis on what we wanted to try and build in, in all forms of the game. <clears throat> and I think you've seen a, a steady progression in that. And I think there's still work to be done. So I was around with John as bowling coach 
and I could see how John worked and, and, and how he has had his success as a coach. And then obviously taking over, I just wanted to do things slightly different. Whereas John Wright is very much into stats and wants um, a lot of things to be ironed out um, pre-game. Whereas I want to do everything a lot before the morning of the game. I want to be completely that everybody is done and dusted, that when we hit the ground running, we're, we know what to do. So there was still a lot of stats, but there was a lot of videos as well, uh, uh, CDs and, and visual aids, but also a lot of feel-good videos. So I, I use them quite a lot of, of getting um, the best bits of Lewis Reese, the shirt you've got behind you, or the best bits of Wayne Madsen, the best bits of Ravi Bopara and people to sit around to actually look at it. Because I think when you see that visually as a player, it's amazing that sort of um, confidence that when you see yourself do it again, when you go into a game under pressure, uh, those sort of visual aids can just help you. And I think that's the difference between any successful sporting team is when the pressure comes, can you handle that pressure? And this isn't being rude about Derbyshire or any team that hasn't been successful. Sides that fail are the sides that don't handle pressure. And I think Derbyshire have been, you know, uh, to blame for that themselves because they've allowed opposition to put pressure on them and they're not able then to, to push on. And one thing I've tried to do is let's not stop, let's, let's, let's take the pressure. Let's not worry too much about the opposition. Let's worry about what we can do at this time uh, to, to become a better team. And that's all it is. And, it's not about the hairdryer treatments, um, you know, when things go wrong, the, the Leicester game on TV would have been a very easy thing for me to do with Alex Ferguson and, and go absolutely skits uh, or the Durham game at home. They're the two games that stick with me last year, even though it was a great year. I just want to know what causes to, to do that. And it's something I've, over the last six months, um, I've really thought about, spoke to a lot of people about. So it's something that, hopefully if we get some cricket a little bit later on in the year, that we can talk about it because there's so many good things that come out, but we need to just slightly now push on that one step further because a lot of teams are going to be watching us now because we are a dangerous team. I'd almost forgotten that Leicestershire game, thanks. Um, 26 for 6, I was in a dugout. Let me tell you, the man. TV camera's on there. I didn't know whether to chew my lip. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I was trying not to do a Roy Keane live on air. That's what I was trying not to do. And I just thought, well, I can't do anything. What can you do? 26 for 6, this game is gone. you just got to forget about it. Like I said to you after the game, it's a game of cricket, Fletch. Mm. That thing to your right that's shining through there, guess what? That goes down tonight and tomorrow... It comes back up. It's another day. But they showed terrific character to come back from that because that was the point at which the, the disappointment seemed even more or worse because that looked like that was that. Another season had gone by when Derbyshire weren't going to get to finals there. Well, but if you think about, yeah, think about that was a disappointment. Think about Durham was a disappointment. That was a bigger disappointment to me because that game was there to be won and we allowed, we allowed Durham to take that game. And that just takes away that pressure. Once you know that you're high up in the league, you haven't got those quarterfinals or those, you know, those uh, fifth round ties where we had to go places to win. So we had to then go to Leicester and win. Then we had to go to Old Trafford. How did we do that? Go to Old Trafford? You can't beat 11 stars of the money that they're on. And that's, that's, you know, why can't we? Why are we worrying about 26 or 6? Why are we worrying about losing for that? Today is about today. They think... 
that they are such a high-class team that they're going to beat us today. So what are we going to do? Um, and like you say, it's about character. It's about uh, the word I don't like using, bounce-back ability. That's what it's all about, is how can you as a, a side come back from those situations um, and, and actually show that you've got something about you? And, and that's one thing I will take uh, pride from last year is that that team really wanted to make sure that they give themselves the best opportunity uh, to succeed. And, and that's why they reach finals day. I just wish we could play Yorkshire 10 times in a season. But yeah, don't that, say that, that though. Because <laughs> oh, no. Everybody keeps saying about Yorkshire, you know, end of the day, you know, we've got, we've had some very good results in 50 over cricket and, and 2020, but you know, there is, there is going to come a time. Sport is sport. Being, that sort of uh, dominance over a team for so long. So at some stage, we are going to have to maybe take it on the chin and we may have to lose to them, but we'll try and beat them again if we do. You came back, in, back into coaching with Derbyshire, obviously, as you said, alongside John Wright and then the job in, in your own right. Um, you were already by that stage, and I've got it written down here, an accomplished broadcaster. Does that help the fact that you see so much cricket all around the world, you're not just, you're not just commentating in this country, you're all over the world and you're seeing the, the you know, Junior World Cups and, and stuff like that. Does that help in your coaching? I think it helps, definitely. And I think also you're commentating with a lot of good coaches out there. So, like you say, the England and, uh, sorry, the, the ICC Under-19 World Cup, I was commentating with Tom Moody and Andy Flower, now two very respected coaches, two very successful coaches, um, working with John Wright, working with Kim Barnett when I first came back as well. Um, and like you say, going around the world, fortunately enough to watch different franchise T20 competitions. So from the IPL to the PSL, uh, to the South African and Zanzi Super League, um, you know, being obviously around the world, uh, commentating on, on cricket. So I think you take little clippets and you watch and you see different coaches, how they work, how different teams set up as well. Because I think we all think that when you set a team up, it's about football. You know, are we going to play 4-4-2 or are we going to play the diamond? Well, in cricket, is 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 similar in a way because it's, it's trying to um, use your tactics that is going to upset the opposition. Now, how can we do that? And that comes down to a lot of things, you know, selection, wickets you play on, boundaries you set. Um, uh, you know, there's certain things, that, everything that you, you try and set up, you're doing to beat that opposition that day. And that's something that we try to do throughout the season. We'll try and do again this season, hopefully, if we play. If Well, it's a, it's a very good point at the minute. It's the million-dollar question and one you might not be able to answer, but a successful season last year coming in, do you see, can you see there being any cricket this year? It might not be something you can answer, but... I'm very, I'm very, I'm very positive. I'm always been a very positive individual that I think we will get some cricket this year. I think there is a lot of goodwill around the counties, a lot of goodwill within the ECB that they want to try and get some cricket this season. Um, and I don't, I don't think that's just professional cricket. I'd love to see local cricket as well um, because a lot of clubs are need, need to play. So I, I'm just hoping that at some stage that we can get that. It's very important that this virus and people need to make sure that they're, they're sensible regarding this virus because you've just got to 
understand just what this virus has done to a lot of people's lives, a lot of people's families, a lot of people have passed away. But ultimately, uh, I'd love us to be able to play. It's going to be difficult for every team now overseas. Um, it'll be difficult with no, with no crowd, even though I, I won't name the coach <laughs> who, who I spoke to. But let me just say he's a Southern coach. Said it won't matter too much about the crowds because you've always played behind closed doors, haven't you? But I won't name who that is. But in some ways... You know, maybe that will help us. You know, yeah. we've always been the sort of team that have never had to have 10,000 people to spur us on. So let's hope we do get some cricket because I think it's important that the players have trained so hard, the Derbyshire players, over the winter to try and get some in. And on the success of last year and reaching that final, you know, I think some of them, are, they're like a, a young two-year-old horse who's biting to get onto that race course. And I'm sure they're, they're raring to go. Every time my uh, phone lights up with an email, I'm hoping it's from the ECB because they're meeting, uh, I think as we speak, the chief executives to try and thrash something out. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed all round. If you could pick just one highlight, and this isn't going to be easy, I'm sure, one highlight from your playing career, Dominic, what would it be? Um, the one highlight that I would pick would be, um, it's a difficult one because my heart is saying Ian Botham making my debut in his last game in 1992 at Old Trafford against Pakistan and just being in his presence, having watched him and, you know, admired him and wanted to be him. But my head is saying walking out as a fully-fledged test cricketer in 1995 at the home of cricket at Lords, walking out that first, on that Thursday as a batter first. But I don't think that sort of day... Uh, will ever leave me. So probably that would just slightly be ahead of uh, of making my debut with Ian Botham. It's amazing. And thank you so much. I know it's like you probably get up, but thank you so much for doing this. And we, we really appreciate it. I always try and bring it back to, to Derby a little bit towards the end. And it, again, it might be difficult for you to do so, but could you sum up your time at, at Derbyshire as a, as a player and, and as a coach? I thought you were going to. I thought you were going to mention Derby County. Then, as a Stoke City fan, I thought, well, you're right. Well we won't mention Derby County. Um, the one thing that I'll always say, and even though you know I had some good times at Lancashire five years and three years at Hampshire, you know where I started is is Derbyshire County Cricket Club as a YTS, as we talked about. Um, they gave me the um, the start in life that I needed, and I'll always appreciate what they did from. Alan Hill to um, Phil Russell to Kim Barnett to all the, the young players around there and just steadily building my career from there we had some wonderful players I was able to play with um, forget what people say about that ground and the county ground it's a wonderful cricket ground it has got better of course it is um, I love the fact that people never like to come to Derbyshire and be cold because of the wind I love that sort of you know in your face well we, we're cold as well Um but it was a great time to be a cricketer. I had a wonderful time. And, and in some ways, it's wonderful to come back and, and be part of a coaching staff and a coaching unit that will hopefully bring some good times. Because the one thing that I'll always remember is the amount of coaches that we took down for that first final against Lancashire. Um, I think it was something like 50 coaches, 50 coaches coming down from Derbyshire to Lords. Um, and just to see some of them crowd at Edgebaston, even though, People found it so hard to get tickets. There were still Derbyshire fans in there. 
um, at finals day at Edgebaston, and we want more of that. I want more of that as a coach. The players want more of that. And so that makes me feel very proud that I'm still part of a great club and, and hopefully we can push it forward. That's amazing. That's got me very, very excited to watch some cricket uh, as a Derbyshire <laughs> fan. And Fletch, any other business? No, just uh, Dominic. We'll see you in September. Bring a coat, a big coat. I would have thought so that we're well, not I've too got, cold. Well, I've got me, I've got me, Arsene, I've got me, Arsene Wenger long coat. Because <laughs> you know I mean? also, you know, it's always good to zip up if the TV cameras get close to you, so they can't see your expression and you can, well, it'll be mut- you can mutter things under your breath. You know what I mean? But yeah, we'll be ready. Hopefully, we have one of those nice, as they call it, Indian summers towards mm. the end, and it's beautiful like it is now. But. Uh, I'm really confident and positive we're going to play cricket this year and I can't wait to get back and, and let's hope we can we can do something and um, and do well. It's not going to be easy, as you know, Fletch. We're a very small squad. We're up against some very big squads. But like I say, we'll go there and give it our all and we'll see what we can get. As I say to you after every game, we'll see what we can do. Amazing. Well, the county ground will be lovely today. It's either the hottest place in the world or the coldest place in the world, in my experience. But, Dominic, thank you so much. We really, really appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you in September. No worries, Blake. No worries, Fletch. See you soon. Thank you. Cheers, Gorky. All right, no worries.